and we are back we are live with the Greyhorn pagans podcast welcome welcome everybody uh today i'm here with special guest jesse from midgard musings uh thank you so much for joining thank you for um yeah for coming on the podcast uh, connecting the tribes as uh, as we are as we Absolutely. do uh with the Greyhorn pagans uh introduce yourself for the people who may not know you yet although i i doubt there will be many but... <laughs> yeah you never know um but yes thank you for having me on and uh as, as Stein mentioned, my name's Jesse, and I host a podcast myself. Uh, my YouTube channel is called uh, Midgard Musings, and um, the podcast that I host myself is called Random Heathen Ramblings. Um, I've been a pagan uh, of the Norse or Germanic flavor variety, if you want to call it such, um, for about eight years now, give or take, um, if I had to put a time or a reckoning to it. so um, And I've been podcasting regularly uh, for... For four years, this is uh, the, the fourth season of the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, and I've had my channel um, for a little bit longer than that. So, yeah, I live in the United States. I'm in the state of Tennessee. I'm originally from New York. So, uh, as I tell a lot of people, I am uh, born and raised in the Northman. I'm from the North, <laughs> at least this, oh, the North part right, of this country. Right. Yeah. Good one. <laughs> um, so, on the path for eight years, what's, what made you, well, find um, the path of your ancestors? Again, I'm always intrigued by that because everybody has always so like so many different sure. paths they uh they walk in different ways that they they find the gods again or the gods find them i guess yeah yeah um yeah i've uh i always like telling the the, the tale as it were because for so many modern heathens uh myself included they they find this way or they find a way that 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 speaks to them and they come into it from a previous religion you know so i was raised in in christianity um, from from birth, basically, you know, and uh, I became of age where I was, you know, looking to kind of spread my wings, leave home, and uh, I moved south. I moved to uh, a southern state in in Tennessee, um, and I was still Christian at the time. This was probably the mid two thousands, you know, so two thousand five or six, give or take. You know, I I left the, the the teachings that I was raised in because raising a lot of questions and and not really feeling like doctrines or those worldviews were aligning with me anymore. Um, but when I moved to, to Tennessee, I was still believing in Christian doctrines and, and finding, trying to find like a church home here. And uh, I went to a bunch of churches. I've attended many different denominational you know, versions of Christianity. I've attended uh, Pentecostal services, Baptist services, Methodist services. I've been to several Catholic masses, you know, so there's a lot of, there was a time where I was like just checking different things out and seeing what fit and still nothing really uh, truly spoke to my to my inner self, you know, to my heart. And um, mm -hmm. I guess it was probably around the time that the the History Channel released Vikings. Yeah, you know, nice. which was yeah. a which it was a big turning point for a lot of people because we 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 got to see a really vibrant and entertaining portrayal of uh, a time in history that was pretty uh, pretty interesting. And I I saw some of what was going on in the shows, and I'm like, I want to know more about they're portraying in terms of their pagan beliefs. Um, and so that kind of was the, the spark that lit the fire to get me into learning about Germanic uh, heathenry. And um, I have a lot of uh, Northern European ancestry, which include, um, you know, German, Dutch, but also Scottish and Irish and some of the Celtic tribes that um, existed in, in continental Europe. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I 
I started with kind of just looking at the gods as as my new uh, devotion versus the Christian God, you know, so I became more polytheist than monotheist. And then um, I, I, I quickly learned that so much of what heathenry for me encompassed was more about connecting and finding uh, our place with our ancestors and the localized spirits, the the Vaitir, the whites, as they were called sometimes, um, the localized uh, spirits, because they exist within and around us in our profane space, whereas the gods exist in their divine or sacred space. So I really started to explore that aspect of heathenry. And, and as I did more research and as I became more you know, involved with that, it, it really resonated within me and, and made me feel like I was more at home with my spirituality and, and religious practices than I ever was before with Christianity. That's so cool. Like, I don't think I have met someone just yet for, uh, for whom the, uh, the TV show Vikings was also their, well, their starting point to say, because for me, that was a, that was a big thing too. You know, I tried the, uh, I tried the Catholic thing, the, the Christian thing for a while. Like a, a lot of my family is, um, was raised Roman Catholic, um, you know, easy access. Used to go to uh, to church every once in a while with my my grandmother as a you know as a little kid. But um, yeah, then indeed, you know, I saw I saw Vikings, and I was like, this, this, just yeah. this is this. I feel this, and yeah, was was interested in you know the whole paganism animism thing for a while, but just I hadn't found that spark yet. And it's it's really cool to. Um, to hear that you know for someone else vikings was that too even though it's hollywood still oh yeah worst. yeah um i don't i don't recommend people use vikings as a baseline for the actual <laughs> belief system because it's again it's it's so it's more it's for entertainment and they take some parts of history and they embellish it and they make it again for the entertainment aspect but but uh, i mean if you're gonna watch it then stick to the first was it two, three seasons before they turned woke? Yeah, I think I pretty much stopped watching the whole thing when, like, after they killed Ragnar, after Ragnar dies in the snake pit. Yeah. I'm like, after that, I kind of was hit and miss watching it, and I'm like, whatever. I mean... I wish you guys were able to watch it. I was never able to get into it. <laughs> I walk out, because, like, my mom was watching it with my sister, and I remember walking out, and, um, Floki? Cuts open yeah. a guy's stomach and then pulls out his intestines, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm going back to my room and reading now." <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And that's so, so again so much of the 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 entertainment or the aspect of it, and and people I think will look at stuff like that and almost try to justify why things should be a certain way here in the modern times. And I always push back with that. I'm like, "But you got to remember what society was like at the time, and what the people, how the people viewed the world at the time." And while there may be some uh, ethics and morals that are are valuable. There was a lot of, I mean, it was it was wartime. It was it was survival. It was very much different than what it is now. So don't don't take so much of that brutality to heart anymore. It doesn't. I tried, but Fox can tell you I'm not the kind of person that likes that stuff. No, not for everybody. No, yeah. she's she's not your uh, squeamish when it comes to that. But um, yeah, a lot of people will. I mean, I don't. I I don't have anything against. Well, LARPers, you know, I, I know they're... Um, LARPing's fun. Uh, I need to take you to LARPing. It, it, can, it can be, but, you know, Han, like, if you think back to, you know, our time with uh, Heathens of Oath and Honor, um, they were more LARPers than actual heathens. Um, 
don't which... remind me. <laughs> um, but you know they can they can be annoying sometimes. You know Th- those are the people who will you know scream like Tilvalhalla and then oh, yeah. you know and you just... haven't been to the university here yet because they have a huge LARPing community and they cover all different kinds of time period. Because I remember dropping my sister off at school when she was there and. When she's getting out to go to her class, and it was at the main building at uni, people were using um, pool noodles as jousting swords and <laughs> <laughs> using Nerf guns, and it was just... Oh, wow. Yeah, because that's historically accurate, the Nerf guns, you know. Well, they couldn't exactly yeah, bring that to uni. <laughs> but it was just like, all of a sudden you hear like um, someone screaming in Elfish because you heard someone translate because... They actually had someone, quote-unquote, as a translator saying, and so-and-so says, on guard, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's people really take it uh, to the next level, you know what I mean? Like, But yeah. it was just, it, it was entertaining, you know? You had to pull yeah. off and just watch it because sure, these guys were so nerdy. It was just, it was so priceless. It was like seeing Ren Fair at a uni. But perfect. On, on the other hand, uh, you know, just as you said, like those, um, well, nerds, if you will, they they get lost in that world. They get lost in it so much. It's almost like they're well, actually overtaken by the, the spirit of their ancestors. So well, maybe there's maybe there is something to it. Maybe we should just all LARP. Oh, I think um, I, I think. To, to to some degree, when like it, with within my practices, I mean, clearly I'm I'm wearing a, a linen tunic right now, and I don't I don't wear this every single day, and I don't go out into public like this, at least not very regularly. There are times if I'm going to an event, or if I'm hosting an event, or I'm in between places, and I'm dressing for the occasion, um, I will be in full ritual garb, not maybe full ritual garb, but having some more of like a time period accurate. Um, ensemble going on and what I think uh, what what I think that helps do for some people myself specifically is it puts us in a frame of mind of the moment that we're going to experience and especially with ritual there is there is that ritual theater element that really helps transform our our states of mind our frames of mind from being in the modern time to being in ancient times and, and it helps put us in that space of focus and and really immersing ourselves into the to, to the actions and the things that we're about to do so you know within the practice I don't, i'm not saying that everybody should or, or that that's in or, that's what you have to do in order to experience it fully but there i think that that's a, a definite like active component to practicing heathenry i mean it's how the um, the romans and greeks did it with their their theater well, that's how they but yeah just uh, it's it's something that just came came to mind like they sometimes are they they look like truly possessed by them the spirits of their their ancestors of our ancestors so i actually do that in my practice sometimes too when i'm doing it alone and fox is asleep i'll actually like channel my inner native because i'm native american so I, you know, put a feather in my hair. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I don't have the ritualistic garb anymore because my stupid ex decided to steal it because he thought it was cool because he wanted to claim that he was native. Mm. But I put a feather in my hair. And, you know, there are times where, I know this is going to sound stupid, but, you know, I take some of my makeup and I will make it look 
native and you know i do the same thing with my native american practices and um i have a feather that i was given and i'm gonna get leather for it i'm gonna bind it and make it more ritualistic for it sorry i had to think of the word yeah there's a they say i've got i've got i also have um in you know native ancestry on my on my father's side and Mm -hmm. it's it's really like a beautiful thing when you connect with uh you know, with your ancestors in that way and Mm -hmm. adopt some of the things that you don't don't necessarily know that they did for sure. Maybe we can, you know, kind of surmise or or assume that they were doing these sorts of things. But Mm -hmm. when it feels right within us, I don't think that anyone is in a position to tell us that we're wrong because it's what we feel within our hearts. You know, it's what we feel speaking to us through that ancestral line within Germanic heathenry. You know, there's that term orlog, you know, that the thing that's passed down to us through yeah uh you know that 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 primal layer of of existence that we all can tap into and that's why you know i hate getting personal but that's why fox and i are such a good pair is because like i take my native american and my irish and he does his heathenry stuff and we combine it all together so we all are encompassing all of our ancestors i love that because um there's there's been folks that i talked to over the years who will uh come into a pagan practice whether it's germanic or or different you know different uh cultural beliefs that they uh they they automatically want to go straight to the gods and the divine Mm -hmm. and they like they skip over their immediate connection to like through ancestry and uh this i think like what you're describing is what i would refer to as our individual cultic practices our hearth mm-hmm. the things that we do with our nearest and dearest that becomes our respective traditions and customs that mean so much to us and so your customs aren't going to be the same as mine or hers or theirs but they are meaningful and that's what a lot of people uh i feel need to need to do they need to find what that hearth cult is for them and they need to feed it they need to nurture it they need to help it grow because uh, it's so enriching and fulfilling it is definitely and that's why you know i'm so thankful that i have a partner who not only sees you know my native culture as something new but he encourages me to learn more about where my people have come from what it was like back in those days and it's just nice because like i don't look native unless i dress a certain way because of my irish my irish overpowered which sucks but you know it's just it's nice to hear that you say you know do what makes your heart happy it's so nice and refreshing to hear that because when I tell people I practice Native American teachings, they look at me like, "But you're white." And it's like, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, that's just, Native... that's just yeah. That's just because of the. That's kind of like the the roll of the dice. You know that that's the hand we get dealt, and that's how much melanin um, we ended up with. You know, so I am again also Native. I my but it's it's so far back on the line of of DNA. I guess that the the more prominent features come through are the the European influences you know but that doesn't take away from is there and what has really spoken through me um with like the animistic side of of my practices being in nature connecting Mm -hmm. with the spirits that are very present and very active all around us that that you know we deserve to interact with them and 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 experience their life and and share in their life with us because they are they've been here before we ever were you know so we're just kind of like cruising through hanging out for a bit but they've been here longer than we have so we almost owe it to them to be respectful and and can come 
with uh with a desire to reconnect and, and and feel feel something through them it's interesting that we're talking about this because now the thunder beings have made their presence known there's <laughs> a storm within like five miles of my house and you can see all the lightning and thunder nice nice so i think the old gods are with us right now i mean they're good omen they're always with us just sometimes they're uh, they're making their presence known a little more than than other times um what I have found, or um, if I, I guess what what we have found in um, in our practices, you know, me being you know North Germanic, you well very eclectic, but more native and um, Egyptian aligned. Um, they do have a lot of things in common, like mm-hmm. the whole shamanic practice. Whether you look at the you know the Irish druids or the um, the Scandinavian shamans or the, um, the native Native American shamans, it's all well, pretty much the same practice, just calling on on different gods, maybe like maybe same same kind of energy, but slightly different gods. Although mm-hmm. you know, who's to say that they are actual different gods? Maybe they just present themselves different because you know, energy can it doesn't have a form; it can take any form it's it wants and. Uh, Jesse, with you, you know, being Germanic heathen and part native, is that something that you have, um, you have seen that you have noticed the, that practices aren't really that, that different? Yeah, there's, there's, there, there are definite like parallels, you know, and uh, I've had people ask me pretty like deep questions like that, you know, well, is it, is it just one universal force? that exists and or, or are the gods in different cultures are they all separate are they all doing their own different things and it, and it kind of originated that question originated from an inquiry they had was about like the creation stories that exist mm-hmm. across many cultures like every culture has a creation myth and he's like so what is it is it all just one thing and they call it differently or are they really different and i i don't really think that there's one answer that one could come to and everyone agree on i think it's more what you feel but for me it's i think it's a everything is is we are part of the universe and the universe is part of us and so we experience the energy the powers that exist within us in different ways and at different times you know so i said earlier i'm I'm about eight years close you know eight to nine years into my practices i didn't feel the way i feel now in my practices when i first started i didn't Mm -hmm. even feel the same way now as i did you know a few years ago it's a growth thing and you grow and you learn and you become, you know, it's very fluid. It, you, you can change, you can adapt, you can, you know, employ certain uh, aspects of animism or, or other natural, you know, nature-based beliefs. And then you'll, you'll learn more about that in other cultures and realize that there's really not a whole lot of difference here. There's nuances that are shared. Um, the, the whole creation story part I have on, um, on an old old blog for the Grammar Pagans, which is no longer in use, really. Um, I have written several creation stories, and uh, you know, like took a few days to write a singular story. And whether it was Celtic or Germanic or even um, even Turkish, Turkic, mm-hmm. there always seemed to be some things that um, that came back into the stories, whether that be water or some sort of you know giants dark um water birds uh swans in particular which from the top of my head is uh very much connected with the anglo-saxons of course but i also found them in the 
the Turkic origin stories, um, which is like quite literally on opposite sides of Europe. Right. Like Tur Turkey is the, um, the doorway to the, the Middle East and Asia, for example, but still a lot of things that, that overlapped, a lot of things that I saw in one story that came back into another story. And you can take it the scientific route and say, oh yeah, you know, the Indo-Europeans, that's where it all, all came from. And, you know, they had one specific story, I guess, very animistic, purely animistic story. And, you know, that manifested into later, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism and the European faiths or whatever. And sure, I guess, I guess there's something, something to it, but, um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Like, is it, is it just this one energy manifesting itself in so many different ways or is it, is it truly different? Um, and what you said about the, um, you said earlier about the old practices in, uh, in the modern day, that is like the one question that, um, you know, that I always ask and that I keep asking and that I'm, uh, actually writing a book about like, how do we, um, how do we keep the old practices alive, but in a, a modern setting, you know, animal sacrifices, like we can't just go out into our backyard and sacrifice a rabbit or whatever without having the cops call on us all right i um i don't know i've 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 been saying what i'm about to say now for several years and i've been seeing it pop up more online recently which i think is great and i don't i'm not the type of being that that wants credit for a phrase because i feel just po poetry words inspiration comes when it needs to come and if it inspires and it wants to be carried on by others i don't need the i don't need the credit for it um but i've been saying for for a very long time is this this uh tradition and what tradition mm -hmm. is it is not worship of ashes it, it is the preservation of fire and fire can can you know it has its stages where a fire can be raging and vibrant and a fire can also be smoldering and just a bit of coals and as long as there's that heat as long as there's that breath as long as there's that active force that keeps those embers glowing then we are keeping those traditions alive but the fire changes throughout its lifespan right throughout its existence and it does what it does based off of the action put into it so if you don't tend to the fire what does it do it goes out and it becomes these dead ashes go back into the earth and that need to just be gone and there are yeah. aspects of tradition that i feel sometimes you got to rake away the coals you got to separate and mm -hmm. breathe new life into those embers to create that new flame. How we do that, how we keep that fire alive, how we preserve that 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 flame is is going to evolve and change over time. So there are aspects of things that were done a thousand years ago that meant a lot that that served a great purpose for that time. Those fires were vibrant at the time. And maybe now and today there are that 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 flame is has already served its purpose and there are elements, there are aspects, there are coals of it that need to be carried from one campfire to the next campfire and revitalized and, and brought up in a way that is more conducive to the, the tribe that is trying to receive that flame's benefit, the, the light, the heat, everything that fire gives. Um, so that's how I look at it. You know, it's not that we're supposed to just do everything that the Saxons did you know, or, or the other Germanic tribes, um, or the Scandinavian heathens did exactly the way they did it. But we can 
we can look, we can get inspiration, we can take from that and see if there are any embers left worth transferring into our heart fires and abroad, our communities, our, our, our extensions of families, our tribes, etc. And, uh, and see if that benefits the, the, the group as a whole. That's how I look at it. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, I really, I really like that. I think that's, I think that's the best and most cohesive answer I've, I've had so far from, uh, from someone. I, I, every now and then I, I, I get something and it's, it, it makes sense and I just try to go with it. So it yeah, no. every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very glad it's, uh, it's happening now, but yeah, that's like, that was, that's, that's also my point. Exactly. Like we can't do the things exactly like they did them back then. You know, we, that's, we're always looking, I mean, I guess that's, that's what you get with a, um, I want to say a religion, but a belief system that is very much focused on, um, on the ancestors. You have a tendency to look into the past for what we should be doing now or in the future, but that's, that doesn't, doesn't always help because you know the past is the past things were different things were different like i mean just over the last what four years three years maybe even the whole world has radically shifted mm -hmm. like just imagine in in 300 years so you know we can oh, yeah. look back and as you said you know take some take some embers take some some things and see if we can apply them see if we can breathe new life into them but in a uh, in a more more modern way i mean you know doing podcasts and youtube shows and whatever to you know also in an effort to connect the tribes again yep. even 10 years ago that really wasn't a thing i mean i believe podcasting was a, a thing back then already but you know it wasn't as as widespread and people were just still very much well, either you were a solo practitioner or you had a, a coven. And I think for um, for the more like witchy people, for the heathens, I think that was really about it. Like uh, at least when I um, when I came onto the bad, like about well, about the same time as you, like there were some mm -hmm. some groups that you know tried things, but all very. Like very Viking and not very heathen, because you know Vikings is always very popular. It's very mm -hmm. you know big in in popular media, and everybody wants to be a Viking and wants to be that you know that badass big burly dude who just goes into town and takes all the beautiful women and loot and goes back home. But... Yeah, that was one of the like when when Vikings came out and you know they they're portraying the points of history very again very hollywoodized as it were to to make it more entertaining but when they portray you know the raiding aspect of the lifestyle i'm like but that's that's not what heathenry is about that was just a thing that they did because they were all farmers they were very they were poor and then in order to make anything of yourself in order to do anything of, of whatever you had to go somewhere else and take it from other people and morally speaking you know like that's that's pretty shitty you know like yeah make your own way don't don't go and just rob somebody or 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 raid from somebody and but it was an it was a it was a period of time in history and there was i guess a need or a necessity and it and it's left a mark why do we feel the need to romanticize that and and try to revive that aspect of it it doesn't apply anymore it's not no but it makes sense like as you said that's 
that's entertainment. Actually, my uh, my guest from yesterday, Dylan Brody, I've talked a lot with him about the uh, the entertainment industry and its portrayal of things. Like that's what what gets the viewers. That's what gets the you know what gets the numbers and what sells the you know the commercials and whatever. If you're just gonna show farmers who do their thing and tend to the land and their their cattle and love their wife and raise their kids and you know every now and then thank the gods and bring an offering but where's yeah. the blood where's the violence i want to see vikings i want to see just you know these big men going out and taking everything because they want to Awkward. <laughs> and i think that's also been a uh a component that has slowed the progress of larger uh, heathen gatherings and, and and stuff because people that may have been interested before have caught eye of of the popular pop culture stuff and uh, have been like, well, if that's what it's about, I don't want no part of it. You know, I don't want no part of that blood and violence and. Oh, wait show. till you get here, then everyone and their mom wants to be part of that community now, and everyone's like <laughs> openly wearing pinnacles, openly wearing the Molnir. It's like I mean things. Things definitely have changed, but I, I can imagine if you're um, the first thing you see of, you know, heathenry or Vikingry or whatever is the raiding, the raping, the blood, the guts, then yeah, a lot of people are going to, a lot of people are going to be turned off by that. Then I, I myself, if it wasn't for like also the, um, like the hero aspect, the warrior aspect and like the, you know, how the gods were also portrayed in vikings like that's what really um what really gripped me and the rating and all of that that was cool it was really cool to see and i bet they were you know incredibly smart like that like you know yeah they were farmers but they sure as hell weren't dumb oh no uh, well i mean all of the all of the sagas are are about the great deeds that so-and-so or, or these ones did to whether it was in warfare or whether it was in you know, reclaiming something that uh, was stolen from them or taken from them. You know, heroes, the bravado aspect of, of existence was, was a very uh, central part of, of, of society at the time. You had to, you know, be bold to, 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 to survive. So it's, it's, again, cultural society at the time was, I mean, that's, what's, that's what life was like. Yeah, it, you know, it was a, a hard life and you did what you had to do to survive. Um, All right. Although it's... You know what you also see with the, that's that's I don't mind them portraying the um, the rating and stuff because you know as 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 we're saying that was part of it but they didn't just you know burn down the whole village once they were done if you do yeah. that then you're gonna run out of villages to raid and I'm getting tired of of that that portrayal it's like oh yeah you know they just come in they fuck shit up they burn down the place. And they leave again. I mean, that's what they did to natives too, hun. If you remember me talking about history and stuff, they portrayed my people as like these savages that went into, you know, people's places of living and scalped them and used their scalps as like warnings to other people don't come near. I mean, yeah, there was a tribe that you didn't fudge with, but you know, you live and you learn. I mean, Comanches were ruthless, Comanches were ruthless. When it yeah. came to stuff. And that's where it's like, you know, because the Comanches did those sort of things and they went in and scalped and took women as, you know, slaves and stuff like that. By gosh, all native tribes are the same way. And it's like, they really weren't. 
No, I think everyone, every every tribe under you know, like First Nation tribes. I mean, they all had their ways of doing things, and there were there were warrior bands, just like there were in in Germanic times. You know, I mean, like every mm-hmm. culture, like the the Algonquins weren't pussies or, or or wusses in any way, but they weren't as as ruthless as like say like you know you say the Comanches or the uh, maybe other other tribes there's there's one guy that i i always like to to, to glean from uh is it te, te, tecumseh you know what i'm talking Oof, about yes dude was a he was and, ruthless and, but but so poetic about it like you read mm-hmm. some of his letters and and whatnot to the to the uh you know to the to the continental invaders if you want to call them that you know the the white man and stuff and it was like so poetic the way he would just chew them apart verbally and then you know figuratively and literally chew them apart but he was something else, man. And he had a command of, of his people, that loyalty, you know, that's a, that those are things that have been lost in, in modern times. Now, nobody, nobody really cares about the consequences of breaking your word. You know, if you don't keep your promise, you don't break, if you break your oath, it's, oh, oh well, whatever. Nobody has that honor anymore. Nobody has that sense of loyalty or, or respect. Like it was even not all that long ago. No, that's, that's true. But look at the examples were given, you know, the supposed leaders of, you know, of our countries, even, you know, here in the Netherlands, we're, we're a small country and we don't, you know, we don't care much for politics unless you get in our way, you know, words and oaths and promises from, like I said, the, the people who are supposed to lead our country, supposed to represent the people, they never keep their word or mm-hmm. get back or you know come back on it or are like oh no 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 you may have meant, heard <laughs> yeah exactly you know you you may have heard me saying this but what i meant was this whole other thing or i never um, said that they just took it out of context i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah or just you know flat out deny or like if they're really good at politics they'll give you an answer without actually giving you an answer sorry guys i'm like yeah. moving around a lot because my familiars decided she wants to be part of the show <laughs> that's yeah. fine plenty She's of seats available. welcome <laughs> she is more than welcome yeah, i'm surprised my uh my familiar my kitty co-host isn't oh oh he's still outside actually so oh, that makes sense so mine's making up for it go. oh good <laughs> no, but that's... in a loving mood and I think the um, the breaking up of the family also has a role to play in that because and you know the, um, the the portrayal or the um, demonizing of being a man you know all all masculinity is toxic masculinity if you're a man you're automatically bad right. you know so don't kids don't listen to your dad because you know. Toxic masculinity. He's gonna like it doesn't matter if he's gonna raise you with like actual values that, you know, will make you a good man or whatever. Doesn't matter. We have to break up the family and genders don't exist and at the same time there are like seventy-three of them and you can be like all three of them or it's 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 a it's getting so confusing and I think that really hasn't helped either. Like Hey boys. Um, I know this is on the live thing, but I need to mute myself again. There's a huge storm coming in, so I guess the gods are really wanting to dump. So I'll be right back. Uh, that's fine, baby. That's fine. Um, but I guess, you know, in that way, we're lucky that, you know, there are these these heathen groups. There are, um, you know, people who are trying to give a good example, present the, the best ways of heathenry, like, you know, yourself and, 
and me um, maybe will not fully fix it, but we can, you know, sure try to to counter it or split yeah. off even perhaps. Yeah, no, no. The I've always said like it, you know, my way of doing things is not. I'm not. I'm not positioning myself to try and convince everybody to do it my way. You know, uh, I share certain things about my my belief, and I ramble on about it on a podcast, or I upload you know, <laughs> content that is maybe inspiring for others. And, and mm -hmm. if that's, if that's what it can do, then, then great. But I'm not, I'm not, my, my mission, my goal is not to be like, all right, guys, pay attention because this is how you're supposed to do it. Like, no, that's, that's not the angle that I've ever <laughs> taken this from, you know? No, and, because that's being, that's being dogmatic again. That's, you know, getting up on your soapbox and just telling people like, listen to me, you know? Right. Yeah. And there's been people that do that too. Obviously we've seen it. Um, and, and there are, I think there are uh, online personas that have uh, ventured off into that area too. And, and they, they have a following, you know? And so we're on, we're kind of in this virtual battle in a way to, and, and you know, as, as a content creator yourself, you know, I'm sure you feel, uh, or maybe you feel a certain degree of responsibility or obligation to your fan base, to your followers, because um, let's face it, you know, people, that subscribe and, and support folks like us um, have questions and are looking for answers. And they will quite often take the things that folks like us say as being the right answer. So it's a, it's a tremendous responsibility uh, of, of being a person of influence or having a platform to speak on things that um, persuade people to, to think a certain way. It's a, it's a pretty, you know, heavy duty st stuff to, to, to think about. Yeah. It's, it's a, a powerful position to, to be in, you know, to, you know, as you said, have that platform, have that, that voice. And I mean, honestly, yeah, I get it. I, I get why some people will abuse it because, you know, um, especially for you know, the God of this world money, you know, nobody ever has enough. So if someone offers you, I don't know, like a certain amount of money and, you know, just, if you just promote this a little more then, you know, we'll, we'll keep paying you. And then, you know, your audience grows and you get more and more. And I, I get it's, well, you know, that's, that's also going back to the morals and, and values. And yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it's hard because you don't want to, you don't want to lead people astray. You don't want to give the, the wrong answer, even though there is, there really isn't a, a right or wrong answer. It is to, you know, to each their own, you know, you just said what you, what works for you may not work for me the way you think may not be the way I think. I mean, I'm seeing that even in my, you know, my own tribe with, um, with Josh, Thane Josh, very, very good friend of mine, one of the, the tribal elders, but his view on paganism is a little different than mine. He's a little more, um, a little more hardcore when it's, mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to certain things. And I, you know, try to look at the, the very broad, spectrum and um you know like also want to do on the podcast just take everything outside of it as well and see if there are things that um that we have in common things where we can you know weave a weave a web on if you will but yeah to to have that voice to have that platform it can be it can be tricky it can be uh it can be hard well, yeah, especially when you have like a, a situation like I think you're describing, you have your online podcasting and, and, and social media mm -hmm. uh, persona, and then you have your the Stein of the tribe 
persona. You are who you are with your tribe differently than who you are when you're presenting yourself to an audience like this, the same way as me. And, and there's, uh, that's okay, you know, because everybody gets this different version of ourselves. And like my wife gets a version of me that nobody else gets. And my tribe I, gets a version of me so. that, that the online, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely <laughs> to some physical, uh, you know, physical aspects for sure. But I mean, mm -hmm. just even in the in the day to day interactions with one another, you know, my tribe, a version of me that my audience online doesn't get, right? And we have a, a model or, or, or a, a custom or, or traditions that our tribe follows that is secular to us and is unique to us. And that's how it's going to stay. It doesn't get shared with the whole world because we, we want to protect and preserve what we've built that is ours and, and keep it safe. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a, to a degree, it's, it's gatekeeping, but for the right reasons. It's, it's to protect that sacred thing that we've built from being well, destroyed from without. I wouldn't call it gatekeeping. I would call it preservation. You know, right. It's, it's, gatekeeping has negative connotations added to it. Yeah. Un, time, un, so. un, unfortunately, but I, I, I understand. I, you know, there. Even if you don't know it, if you, even if you don't notice it, you're always wearing a a different mask, if you will. You know, like Firefay does definitely doesn't get the the same style that you know the tribe gets. And online, I mean, I try to. You know, very cheesy, but you know, be myself. You know, don't don't be genuine. Portray. Yeah, be genuine. Exactly. Well, you know, you're don't... not exactly going to be your romantic, loving, caring. No, because then... I know because then everyone would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I I I can't. I do mean, that, I know the boys I... would be appreciative. They'd be like, "Oh," <laughs> but no. In actuality, it's true. It's even with me. Where, you know, I'm a mom first, always. I'm a mom first. And yeah. that's the thing, too, where the tribe doesn't see me as a mom. They see me as the mom and the fruit of the group. But yeah, it's okay. different when it comes to my... So yeah. it's like, that's the thing, too, where it's like, in real person, like, Fox can tell you, I am the most painfully awkward, shy person <laughs> that you'll ever meet. Like, he'll sit there and talk to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm looking around my surroundings, but then like when I'm on the podcast with him doing co-hosting, you guys get that side of me where I'm talking, I'm engaging, I'm doing this and that. I'm not just you know my wallflower twiddling my thumbs, wondering yeah. where the ne nearest exit is. And that's yeah, the same thing with work too. You know, your work people see a certain side of you that you're not outside of work. Like with me, I'm very professional. I'm very kind. I'm very sweet. Everyone considers me quote unquote work mom or sister or daughter. And when I'm home and then I go into my workplace and I'm, you know, myself on the other days that I'm not at work, everyone's like, fire well, you, you have a, we have, there's a, there's a term and, and uh, Stein, you probably know this and, and maybe you do too, but Homer, everybody's Homer, we shift. Our, our, mm -hmm. our skins change, right? And yeah. we shift when we need to. Or, or so uh, the Hummer, the, that that part of our soul, or that or the part of our self, right? Because it's it's mm -hmm. multifaceted. It's a pretty mm -hmm. complex existence in terms of our like the Germanic beliefs yeah. of of the self. But the Hummer is is it changes, and and not everybody is going to see that skin that you put on for as the mom than you would as you know the someone of the tribe or of, as co-host of a podcast or a, a co-worker or uh, an employee and all that but stuff. But it's right? just, it's funny because like when I do go into work, I'm wearing black skinny jeans and 
my black shoes and a band t-shirt that I used mm-hmm. to have and everyone and I have really dark makeup and everyone's like fire face <laughs> it's like <laughs> hi <Is that> you <laughs> I mean it's it's interesting because like when I at my old job I did the same thing where I went to go see my residents and my adopted grandparents and I dressed like how I normally do out in public and they looked at me like what's like, going on are you okay you know? like they literally would sit down their coffee and look at me and they're like like blink twice if you need help kind of <laughs> <laughs> basically something, and it's just something like that yeah well and it was funny because like i went to go see them and there are times i'm not committed to piercing my nose so i have a ring i don't know where it is but i have a ring that i put in my nose you know as a septum or a side or a lip and i, I went in and that. i had it i've lost it dear but yeah. I went in and I had it and they looked at me like... It can be a shock. Huh? <laughs> and that's where I've done it to work too. And people are just like... Yeah, they don't know how to react. It's a, it's a shock. It is. It's. A... They ask me if I have a twin because <laughs> I go into work the next day and they're like, did you come into the store? I've, yeah. actually, uh, I've actually experienced with my own blood family a... First of all, they've they've always adhered and, and maintained their devotion to Christianity. So when I jumped into paganism, you know, when they mm-hmm. discovered that, when they found that out, that was like a huge like what, right? And then when too. when they when they started seeing what I was doing online, that really they really lost it at that point because they were like, "You're possessed," you know. Because I would I would I would take pictures in whether it was face paint or ritual garb, and let's be honest, some of the to, to whatever degree we want to adorn ourselves mm-hmm. when we when we enter that ritual state it can be quite frightening to some people i mean just being honest yeah. like people we, we can look scary and, and uh, that's so- why i keep myself anonymous is because i have family and like they yeah. live up the street literally so or down or right across the street i mean i have family like within this area so like me going you know doing rituals with the moon and bringing out my tarot cards and my all of my stuff there like yeah enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder can i make a podcast but it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time what if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily well now there is introducing podcasting made easy from podcasting audio my production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. It would definitely, like it did for my family, like, I literally was told not to come around them for years because of they thought I was possessed. And I'm like, hold on. I was just up there with you guys like a month or so ago <laughs> or last year having dinner, hanging out, talking, helping this and that. I'm like, I'm still the same person. What you see there is just a version of me for a specific thing or it's for the entertainment. Like you were talking about before, how things get done in a way to be entertaining and, and to, yeah. you know, because so much of, of what we're doing on, on social media now, it's not just audio listening. It's what can people see and experience through their eyes and, and absorb through their eyes. And when it's visually appealing or interesting, that that creates engagement. And so 
as a creator, you know, like you're thinking of things along those lines to engage your your fan base. And when when the, but from the family side, they're looking at you going, you need some help, buddy, you know, and I'm like maybe yes, but I'm okay, really. I'm truly okay. But okay for me, so maybe not like okay to you. Aunt. It sounds like my aunt to my mom cuz like I forgot that I had my pinnacle on the other day because like sometimes I just wear it at home and I was wearing it and it fell out of my shirt and the look on her face like my aunt she looks more native than I am because you know she is a lot more than I am and it fell out of my shirt and then um my eye of horrors fell out and mm. the look on her face I thought I was going to die because I'm trying not to laugh because like mm -hmm. she's tan and then all of a sudden she's white, white like me. And I'm trying not to laugh because I was just like, you know, I can't be rude. I can't be disrespectful. And I'm like, yes. She's like, why are you wearing a satanic pinnacle around your neck? Yeah, they always they always um, want to associate certain symbols with things that they aren't necessarily associated with just because of, again, so, um, misinformation, whatever. Yeah, and I was just like, I took it back in my shirt. And I was like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. And then I get home and my mom's like, why did you wear that over there? I was like, I forgot I had it on. <laughs> and she's like, well, now your aunt wants to perform an exorcism. Uh -huh. Oh, God. Okay. <sighs> oh, my gosh. So it's like, that's where it's like, I have to hide my identity because... Like Fox knows, I am very secretive about who I am until I'm able to get over there because there are so many people here in my life that if they found out what I'm doing with Fox and finding out that I'm doing pagan stuff and stuff like that, would be like, she needs oh, Jesus. I, I can definitely relate because I didn't, I never told my, my family what I was doing freely. I was, I was just flat out asked and I didn't want to lie, but it wasn't until I was asked that I had to be like, well, truth be told, here it is. Right. Well, they couldn't and, uh, accept my sexuality. So that's why I keep myself hidden. That's a big thing too, these days, you know, um, <laughs> and I just want people to be happy, you know, and, and, and as long as it doesn't hurt the next person, um, then I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't look at it as a way as like, hey, that's what, what, what people, how people want to express themselves, live in their lives is is none of my business. It's not my hall, not my call. Um, and uh, as long as it's not hurting me or mine, rock on with it. I don't care. Well, it took it took Fox a minute to understand what demisexuality was. And it took him a minute to understand that, you know, this is who I am. And this is basically what you get. And it's, you know, there are times where he just doesn't understand it. Because, you know, like he said, there's X, Y, and Z with, you know, the community. And that's what I love about our partnership is, like, if he has a question on it, he'll come to me and be like, hey, such and such. And then I'll explain it. And he'll be like, oh. Because, you know, back in the day, because you're probably about our age, you know, the community used to just be LGBT. It wasn't XYZ. Right. And yeah, so the, the whole alphabet got involved now somehow. Even now there's a plus and like it's I, plus I believe because I've, the thing is they're not gonna I've go and do some exclamation mark somewhere or honey, the reason why the plus is there is because they don't want to extend it further than it needs to be. Because <laughs> it's already confusing enough as it is, is it's LGBTQIA plus because it's including everything. It's, it's almost like a, I don't mean to like, please understand I'm coming to this just as a, in, in lightheartedness, but it's almost like being on Wheel of Fortune. 
I'd like to buy a vowel. Um, you know, <laughs> Basically. Get a concept. You know, solve the puzzle. Like with, me, like, with me, I don't care. Like, you know, like, he'll come to me and be like, hey, this. But there are times where, you know, there's stuff that I've been reading that really frustrates me as even a person of the community because it's like, oh, yeah. you're giving us a bad rep, guys. You know, we used to be this quiet, okay. stoic group. And now it's like, feel my wrath if you don't accept me for who I am. And it's like... Well, imagine oh. how us pagans feel, honey. You know, yeah. especially... Um, this is you know, very much an American thing. It didn't really have its effects here in, in Europe. But the whole January 6th thing with the, the Q shaman and whatever. Like, oh, honey, don't, I don't remind I, me of that fool. I, yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. Han, I don't know if you remember that, but that was that was a big uh, we were, that was a big one. We were uh, still uh, aligned with Heathens of Oath and Honor back then, mm -hmm. and we had to go on like the Rolling Stone article, Instagram, Facebook, every freaking platform that we could go on. First of all, correct assumption that they made um, with the the tattoo on his chest with um, the Valknut. the the Valknut. Mm -hmm. Indeed, you know, with it being all oh, the pedo symbol and whatever, it's like, oh, 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 oh hold up, that's yeah. vastly different. Second of all, he's not with us, right? Uh, he, he, we don't, we claim, don't claim him, the <laughs> natives don't claim him. Nobody, oh, no, he can, you know, he can be on his own, he can, he can do, he can do his thing, you know, rate whatever the fuck you want, just don't pretend like you're one of us. That Sorry, my familiar says hello. That was a whole thing, and that might also have been a little, little bit of a setback for the for the pagan community because you know shaman, and you see someone with the, um, you know, with the Volknuts, and they're like, "Hey, wait, didn't that guy from you know Dan also had that?" Huh. Well, symbology. This little bubble. He's actually released from prison now. Symbology, though, in in general, tends to uh, be a big. Uh, you know, topic because that's not the only symbol that is, um, whether it's particularly pagan in origin or whether it's old or how old it might be. I mean, we can we can go about talking into the the, the origins of the Volknut versus other pagan symbols and, and where we actually see it in, in historical or archaeological um, texts or sources. But the, sim the, the, the symbology aspect of things is there have been symbols throughout history that are way older than what people associate them with now and today. But because a terrible group of people appropriated that symbol and its meaning mm -hmm. and used it to push an agenda or, or whatever, it that's what sticks in people's minds, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's so, why natives don't even use that symbol anymore because of what happened in that time period. And They've I, actually I, wiped it completely from all history. Which and is I've such a shame. It's such a powerful symbol. I've, I've talked to people about that, too. And, and if you actually look at the percentage of the population of the world, I mean, we're at like what, like some close to eight billion people in the world. Yeah, the, per the, the, the percentage of people who associate the sunwheel symbol like we're talking about, them, I'm going to mm -hmm. assume that's what we're referring to. Right. But the, yeah, yeah. the sunwheel, that symbol, the, the, the percentage of people that associate that with World War Nazi Germany is much smaller than compared to the overall population of the world. So but because it's such a a heavy weighty terrible thing that happened in the history of the world again that's what echoes louder than the and, truth and it's a bad it's the same get, way with the get rid yep yeah you know that's all that's been 
heavily appropriated or misappropriated as well. You know, same with the, uh, I think it's so funny, speaking of symbols, the uh, the upside down cross, for example, oh, yeah. you know, the, the, the crucifix. But yeah, yeah you know, it's it's just but the uh, the crucifix but turned upside down, you know, like ooh, that's now all, you know, satanic and whatever. I mean, I guess nowadays everything is satanic. Like doesn't they matter do what it thing. is, it's the satanic. evil eye too, honey. They do the same thing with the evil eye, the husband. Yeah, husband. they've turned they, to evil. They think this is satanic. I'm like, we didn't have Satan in in our belief systems. The Germanics, the, the, there was no Satan. No, so I mean we. We had some. <laughs> we had some bad guys. We had some. You know, have some entities that are less liked. But that's right. how it is in Egypt no. too. <laughs> yeah, the you know the um, the Set. eye of Horus, the eye of Sets. Yeah, and that's the thing too, where it's like you know, I. That's why when Fox and I first got together, and he started talking about the sun wheels, like, oh great. Here we go. You know, I'm going to hear all about all this and that. But, like, you know, the more I learn about, like, different symbologies and stuff like that, it's just amazing how much you can learn about things with that kind of stuff. It is. Symbology, symbolism, just you can learn so much about about our world, basically, mm -hmm. by just learning the symbols. And and taking it from from a or at least for me it's 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 taking it from a perspective of um, raising awareness and and bringing the the actual truth of it because sure we may not be saying well you have to believe this to be a, the right way it's you know do it this way again the whole dogma uh, aspect of it is do this because it's the only right way like that's not what we're saying is what we're saying is that what factual truth is what this actually means is and then we present it right we we see this yeah. as, as as fact as unequivocal truth it's not an opinion it's not what some subset of of idiots at one point in history decided to to yoink it from from history and use it for 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 less than than favorable things um but hey guys you should be aware you should know your history you should know what the truth is and so much of history gets i don't want to say like misrepresented but there's bias that exists in history too so you got to be careful yeah. with that as well yeah that's especially modern that's, history i mean i don't think people much had a big uh, agenda for things back in the day but more or less you know more modern history is yeah you know there, there there's there's so many rabbit holes you can go down to say well why did so and so say what they said that is now part of historical well why did they say what they said and you go back further and you dig into some more stuff and you realize oh well, they said it because you know they had this uh ulterior motive or this agenda behind them and so it's a it's almost a full-time pursuit <laughs> to, to, uh, yeah, to keep it, it is. unbiased you know it is i mean you can you can try as hard as you want you can try um you know it's it's one of the one of the things that's comes with having a tribe tribe with running a tribe you know people will come in and use those symbols or you know other people see you use that symbol and it's like oh but don't you know that's you know bad because such and such used it or you know a phrase that's quite meaningless you know just gets appropriated and people are like oh because you know that person was bad now you are bad too and mm -hmm. you know I, I'm, I'm lucky that i you know haven't got cancelled yet knock on wood i guess but um yeah. because you know here on the on the podcast and in the in the tribe you know i'm just our policy is say whatever you want say however you want it like there's no need for for censorship there's no need for for self-censorship censorship if you like want to tread carefully tread carefully if you want to be blunt be blunt that's fine yeah. that can rub people the wrong way you know because 
I just, I, I have always had a tendency, unfortunately, Fire Faye, her battery died, so she's off, but she could definitely tell you as well that I don't hold back. I, I, you know, speak first and then maybe sometimes, hopefully later, realize what I actually said. Um, isn't the, it caused me trouble, unfortunately, more than once that I, you know, speak my mind first and then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Should I? Yeah. Um, We've all been there. You know, um, I've had <laughs> guests on my show in the past that um, at the time was like very, very well received. And it was it was a very positive interaction and it was enjoyable for not just myself and my guests, but also for the audience that absorbed it. Mm -hmm. And then in a short period of time thereafter, that particular guest allowed their true colors to to shine through on their oh. social media. And it became yeah. this sort of thing where I had to do almost like a a, a press conference release where I'm like, guys, let's just clear the air. You know, had I known, had this thing been revealed prior, this was definitely not be something that I would have wanted to been associated with in any way. And having been yeah. associated with it in the past does not reflect that I am aligning with their views on things because I don't. And it was, a, it was like damage control at that point. So we've all been there, you know, like yeah, hindsight is 2020, as they say, and you, you react or you respond to things in the moment because you're convicted of it and you feel that it's a, an important topic to to you know be vocal about and then other things come out it's it's territory to tread very carefully through and it's a yeah yeah you know, almost, you're gonna slip up sometimes and it happens uh, having to make those apology videos uh you know like you said almost a, a press conference uh you know desk and microphones and right uh, answer questions and the respond to re, you know reactions crowd, and a whole angry crowd with torches and pitchforks and yeah no that's it's it, yeah it's a uh, it's kind of what we strictly... sign up for without even knowing we signed up for it when we do stuff like this it's yeah it's like an unwritten yeah, as, part of it especially nowadays when uh when people there's attention span have just become so short that they'll take a a 10 second clip of something and which, you know, can mean anything. It can be about anything, but yep. they'll, they'll give it a certain meaning and, Out you of know, context. Yep. and then, you know, once that has blown up, as you said, you know, try, try and do damage control. If it's, if it's blown up already, if, if it's out there, then, you know, you're not going to get that genie back in the bottle. One of the ways I've found that helps with um, with reducing that kind of time, because it, it, it's exhausting. Um, if you've done it, I know I've done it. If you've had to go into that sort of realm and, and again, play the devil's advocate, be damage control, press conference type stuff, you know, mm -hmm. it's exhausting. It's, and it's not fun. And nobody wants to find themselves in that position. So what I've found that has helped me is um, is really just pick your battles and, and know your place and, and stay in the lane that you are more comfortable in it's okay to branch off and it's okay to to maybe get off of an exit and, and go down some back roads and explore a bit um but but so much of what i've learned from from this is if you if you start trying to perform brain surgery after just reading a couple of google articles <laughs> you're gonna have a problem man like you just you, you're yeah, not qualified yeah. you know what i mean so stay out of the stay out of the places that you just aren't have really have no business being in and and stick with what is is genuine and and what people respond to you with you know positively and and, and be genuine in that in that endeavor that's what's helped me um, so but so basically taking it very or well, very politically in a way Tacti like, tactically do, you know 
Sure. Yeah. You know, make your, make your apology, make your case, leave it at that. Don't, if you're going to have to react and make a reaction video or a reaction comment to everyone who is, you know, reacting to it, man, that's a full-time job. That's, that's two full-time jobs and you're not going to, going to be happy doing that. Right. But yeah, you know, as you said, that's, it's one of the, one of the things you sign up for when you decide, Hey, I want to, I want to have a platform. I want to do podcasts, videos, you know, whatever blogs. Yeah. There's a, a content creator, big or small, you're gonna, you're gonna run into these things. You need a, you need a thick skin to, uh, to yes. be able to do this. Cause I have, I've definitely had, um, I had live shows with an open invitation where people will come in just to mess with you, just to, oh, yeah to mess with, um, with the show, mess with the content. Um, you know, I was like, no, 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 you can trust me. You can trust me. I'm, no, I'm not going to do anything. And I'm just looking around like, yeah. shall I, shall I try? And they come in and just either start spouting, well, <laughs> words that will get you canceled on YouTube. That's for sure. Or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or are they coming to the tribe and start posting certain images and I'm like, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hold up, yeah. hold up. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that's, yeah, it's one of the dangers of the, the internet as well. Everyone can be whoever they choose to be, which is, you know, can be a, can be a good thing, can be damaging as well. And I guess in that, in that way, I, I do kind of envy our ancestors. They didn't, didn't have to deal with that shit. If there was someone posturing down, they just kick him out and that's that. Yeah. We're, we're definitely have a more complex, uh, setup these days um because we we interact with people in so many different forms uh it's not just you know going to your neighbor the next hut over or the next village over and seeing them for a meal or, or seeing them in the market or whatever anymore you know like that's that's all it ever was 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 personal inter interpersonal relationships and you know now like you say anybody can be anyone that they want to be over long distance and and portray how they want to be portrayed and and uh with with little to no consequences when 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 things go either awry or noise gets made and what's going to happen they'll 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 block you or or they'll delete their account they'll create a new one there's again there's no real tangible consequences to to people's actions and that's one of the that's one of the things about you know just modern society that I've kind of been uh, a little dis you know dismayed about is is the integrity of, of people their honor is is not something that they hold up degree of, of a standard especially when you know like us here you're in a, a community who um who still values honor who's you know all about honor and keeping your oath and keeping your worth uh worth and your your word and then you know looking looking outside of you and nobody does it nobody you know cares even they'll call you any any name under the sun and yeah, you know, block you, delete your account because there are no consequences. Like, what are you gonna do? Find them, kick right. their ass. Then what? And you're gonna, you're gonna be the one hold off. Right. And they're just gonna be laughing. You know. I guess. I've ex I've experienced some pretty egregious um, long distance attacks. Like I've 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 been a um I've been swatted. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. Uh, but oh I've, shit. I've been swatted twice um, on live streams before. Oh, and wow. it was in like the early days of, of my channel. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, why, who am I, first of all, to be a target for something? And then just realizing there's no, really no, there's there was virtually nothing that could have been done about it. I, I am, yeah. 
it didn't achieve the the result that they were looking for. Maybe it did in the moment, but for the long term, it was like you know, jokes on you, man. I'm still here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, but that, that's stuff like that. It's it's that, it's crazy, man. What people are willing to go through. That's some serious shit. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's that's especially when it's like you said in the early days of your channel. That is so disheartening that people right away are you know start start doing those things. And right. why be not really not because of any leak particular reason but that they want to and that it's entertaining for them which yeah. is yeah so i guess we'll just wow. uh we have to make a uh a effort to connect the tribes and you know find find our people there are enough things to to there are already enough enough people enough groups who just are out to to spread hate to yeah. you know to um well like um Chalavash, Josh said, you know, to shatter the community and shatter the shatter the groups and shatter the tribes. And that's that's why it's so important. And that's why I, you know, myself and I, I know several other uh, other tribal leaders who try that as well to keep the tribes connected because we only have each other. And, you, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you have like a is is in uh, in the Netherlands where you are? Is it is it a. Is it, is it a pretty wholesome, like personal group of, of people out there nearby you to, to share um, space and time with? I've I've been I've been trying to um, bring it from the the online world into the real world, but um, it's that's a lot harder than you uh, than you would think. Um, but I've been I've been trying some things. I've been uh, I've been connecting with uh with people so slowly but but surely i uh, i am bringing it into the the outside world yeah. as well um here in the netherlands like i always say we're we're a sober folk we don't we don't really like to to make waves we're not that that brash we're not that loud we just you know we do our thing mm. and you know that's it so a lot of um a lot of pagans, a lot of heathens will, you know, they don't jump out of the woodworks and, like, and be like, hey, I'm here too. You know, look at my hammer. I'm, I'm with you. Unfortunately, you know, it'd be, <laughs> be cool if they did. But then at least I'd recognize them. But so far, um, I know I know of one other um, Dutch content creator, Dutch pagan content creator. And I have, uh, through a friend of mine, I've actually come into contact with um well he's basically still a still a kid i believe he's like 20 years old um mm. who is new to the path actually just you know discovered it a um a few months ago i believe he's not he's not even a year into it and he's been um he's been looking for guidance he's been looking for info so i'm trying to uh to connect with him as well right. but which is which is a task on its own like how do you guide someone who's who's new like how do you present everything that's know, that right? you know already that you're just like oh yeah that's that and they're just like okay but why what yeah, do you mean some... but but why it's it's how it is okay but why <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, so, yeah. there's still, yeah there's there's so much you know for me too is there, there there's so much that i've accumulated over literally the, the years um and not just within like heathenry but just life experience yeah. that we can uh place into our 
religious or, or, or spiritual practices, you know, just the being alive in Midgard for as long as we have, right? And experiencing the world as we have, and just those life lessons. You know, when, when <laughs> I, I get asked these questions sometimes, and they're like, well, here's a simple question, or and then they'll go and they'll ask, and I'm like, but is it really that simple? Because how do I answer what you're asking me? Because my answer is going to be the result of a lifetime of experiences and years of learning. And I'm still learning. Like it's, it's, it never ends. It's, we're always sure. learning. I, I feel like yeah. it's uh, always the student, never the master kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to be in a position though, where you have some tenure and have experience and people look to us as, as a, as a source for knowledge or learning, uh, again, it goes back to that whole responsibility thing we talked about earlier is, 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 is especially when it's an interpersonal type of a, a relationship, you know, because now you're entering the scope of tying weird with someone, establishing maybe frith with them because it's, it's, it's all those, those things you can't do long distance. You have to be with someone in, in person to, to, to do those things. And now you're really getting into the, the meat and potatoes, as I like to say, of what heathenry is about. It's it's this is where it's at. It's at the boots on the ground when your feet are on the ground, on grassroots level, and uh, it carries with it a whole extra level of of responsibility. But, and you can I learn mean, from it's... others too. I mean, we learn from each other. It's not it's not that I can uh, that I won't learn from somebody who has less miles under their tires than I do because I I take knowledge and and I learn from wherever I can. Wisdom is wisdom from wherever it comes. I think is a True. a saga quote from the Bandamaga saga is wisdom is wisdom from wherever it arrives or wherever it comes right and it's true it's very true you can learn and from where anything definitely and sometimes you know a a fresh pair of eyes can you know they can see things vastly different you know i over the uh the last couple of shows that i did i've had um you know ask questions and people give me a reaction and i'm like hey this is I never thought about it in that way, way. but that's, yeah, you know, I, oh, I, I always, you know, thought something similar, but you gave it, gave it a different spin. And yeah, just, you know, when you think like you have the answer, like you kind of know what, what the answer will be. And then there's a whole new, whole new spin to it. Cause you know, they, well, literally their brain works different. They have different experience, lived a different life and will come to a different conclusion. And, you know, whether they be, you know, like that kid, like 20 years old or, you know, some, some old guy who's, who's in his seventies. It's, it's just, it's fascinating how, how different, but also how very much the same things can be. Yep. I've had, um, I've had a, a guest on, on my show a few times, not on the podcast, but on like live streams on my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this, this individual, um, when I first became, uh, associated with them, it, he was 12 years old and he's like now in his, you know, like 14, 15, you know, he's a teenager now. Um, mm-hmm. but like when I first came into, into contact with them, I'm like, well, here's a whole different dynamic now because it's, you're, you're, you're speaking with someone who has, you know, parents that you need to work through before you can even yeah. appropriately contact them and, and have them on shows or whatever. So like, there's that, but then like listening to this individual, hearing what they had to say, how they accumulated knowledge through, through academic works and just their life experiences i'm like this 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 kid's brain is decades ahead of what his the the numbers of his age reflect you know and i was sitting there just like my mind was blown listening to how (laughs) topics of philosophy and worldviews and spiritual or religious uh forces and things i'm like man it i wasn't thinking about stuff like this when i was his age man i'm like (laughs) 
what what's going on with the youth in these days like is this what it's like out here now where they're just like decades ahead of themselves on on stuff i'm like man you need to slow down because you got a whole life ahead of you and just wait till you actually experience some of these things you got a good advancement on it now with yeah mentally but that's boy boy. that's crazy 12 years old like still yeah i'm learning from him (laughs) (laughs) like he's teaching me stuff i'm like damn you want to take over now, man? Like, you know. Man, when I was when I was twelve years old, like the things I occupied myself with was surviving school and playing RuneScape. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I I wasn't very brainy in terms of like the philosophy aspect of things. I enjoyed uh, certain parts of schoolwork and and academic learning, but mm-hmm. I was more like, when can I get out into the woods? When can I go fishing? When can I go hiking? When can I go just play? Just be a kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's over here like talking about like Jungian philosophy and and stuff that's like, yeah, like college level or or graduate (laughs) level university type stuff. I'm like, hold on, what? (laughs) Dude, those are things that I am just now getting into. Exactly. I'm I'm, I'm 31 years old and I'm only now starting to kind of get into, you know, Nietzsche and Jung and all of that. Right, right. At 12 years old, damn. Yeah, he was just like reading stuff and I'm like, asking me if I've heard about this theory, that theory. And I'm like, the what now? I mean, <laughs> nope, <laughs> but it was, That's... it made for, made for some interesting dialogue. And then, uh, I bet, I bet put things in perspective. I'm like, that's, if there's this, if he's one of gotta be more, you know, they're, they're the, he can't be the only one out there that are I thinking this so. way. I yeah. Would, I would, I would definitely hope so. Cause the, you know, there is, there is some promising youth left or some you know some people left who uh who can make this world a better place who, who will make this world a better place it's just they seem to be few and far between and also so vastly spread but i guess you know it's it's with a same with a web you have a few points where where everything connects and then just threads running and a lot of a lot of open right. space and sometimes i do wish you know people were a little closer or just you know in Europe instead of always in in the US but uh, you know US and it's uh, I guess things are a little easier there I don't know but I'm I'm very happy to be uh, to actually be meeting up with a, uh, a fellow podcaster and um, spiritual aligned individual in the the UK come September and I still need to make my way to the over to the US again because um the the whole tribe and especially the tribal elders and firefay uh, of course is bugging me to come over again it's like so when are you going to come over when like when are you when are you going to be here because you know it's about time we have a thing tied like the, yeah. you know all of us and it's like i have i i i can make time it's not the issue it's the travel like i don't oh, yeah. oh it's so have you been to the hard. us before uh once once to uh, to visit Firefay, of course. Um, that was quite a trip, fifteen hour flight. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like the? Did you like the country? Was it? Did it treat you well? Did you enjoy the experience? I did. I did. It's vastly different from Europe. I gotta say. Um, yeah. You know, always hearing about the U.S. and like hearing about how it's like over there, but then actually being there, it's different it's it's very different like you go there with or i went there with a, you know a european mindset like oh you know it's 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 all good it's fine and whatever and the americans yeah they may be a little little odd but they mean well and <laughs> like oh i'll just you know 
I'll just walk to the supermarkets because, you know, that's what we do here. I mean, hell, where I do my groceries, it's a three-minute walk. <laughs> wow. Not doing that again. That was a 45-minute walk to the nearest <laughs> supermarket. And, and you take your life in your hands, man. It's like all the, the traffic everywhere. Yeah. For a lot of places, like, you know. The, no, no real proper sidewalks. It's just no. slaps of concrete and that's it. I've never traveled yeah. to Europe. I want to. Um, you know, I, I want to do a, a European tour one, one, one day or when I say one day, but like at some point in my life. I would love to tour Europe, but um, I've I've heard so many wonderful stories. You know, I guess it's kind of similar in 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 mirroring the the yeah. you know what you hear the U.S. being from from the Netherlands, and then us in the U.S. and having never traveled abroad, hearing and and seeing things. I'm like, oh man, it would be so nice to to be there or whatever. I'm it, it, you know nobody nowhere is perfect. Everything every place has its vices, but um, there's definitely For sure places and, and, and time I want to spend just traveling and experiencing it, you know, like cause you, you do, you are uh, one of my jobs in um, here for about, um, I guess it was maybe five or so years, four or five years. I, I, I would travel the United States um, and, and I've been to literally every state of the 50 uh, of the United States, except for th two or three, um, including Hawaii. Like I've been to Hawaii, you know, so there's like traveling and seeing even how much different people are in our own country. You know, because people uh -huh. in the South are different than people in the North, which are different from people in the Midwest, which are different from people on the Pacific Northwest. You know, like everybody has their way of, of just being who they are. And so seeing the cultural differences within our own country was uh, was a big, big thing for me to become who I am. You know, I'm like, now I want to see more. I want to see everywhere else or other places, too. And I think it's a whenever you're able to people that are able to travel and, and experience other cultures, you become educated, you become learned about them. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a good experience to be able to that's do that's for sure and i do recommend traveling um i have been fortunate to uh, have traveled a lot already with my uh, my parents like every summer we'd you know we'd go somewhere different um you know i've been to i've been to china i've been to jordan i've been to egypt i've been to wow. so many european countries um so i have been i have been fortunate in uh, in that way and it's it broadens it broadens your view it it broadens your your perspective on um on things and um There's... sorry go ahead no i was going to just say like the 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 people that only stay in their their small hometown and never leave they're like they're born there they live there they work there go to school raise a family and die there like i feel bad in a way like you're missing out on so much yeah i mean i get it's it's comfortable right. you know that's you, you don't own. have to you don't have to go outside of your comfort zone you don't have to get to know you know new things learn to learn to uh, learn to know new people or whatever but it's a lot more fun if you do mm. it's it you know like i said it, it broadens your your perspective a uh, couple of questions that um that child of ash really wants to uh wants to talk about um i mean i can i can just easily bring him bring him in though but um you know uh, a, a lot of it's a big thing in the um in the bacon community of course um the need for being self-sustained you know uh, as we talked about at the beginning we always were farmers like do you do any any of that like do do you have your 
like a vegetable garden or you know you collect rainwater because for that's that's illegal in the u.s right collecting rainwater or... <laughs> yeah they well i guess by the books they 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 say you're not supposed to yeah um but i know people that do and uh, you know but in terms of yeah i've um i don't currently have a vegetable garden my father-in-law does and my father-in-law lives just a couple of doors down from where my wife and i live we live in the same neighborhood and uh, we can literally just walk right down to their house. They can walk to us. We see them every day. And he's he has his uh, like tomatoes and um, some cucumbers or squash, I think. But I have in the past um, grown my own food. And um, I actually, when I was young, before I moved to Tennessee, I worked on a farm for over a decade, um, a cattle farm. We raised beef cattle. Um, we nice. had a big garden. Almost everybody... And again, this goes back to like the the church uh, Christian group uh, that I was raised in. Um, but interestingly enough, while it was a definitely a, a Christian focused uh, belief system and non denominational, you know, so it wasn't like it didn't have an ism at the end of it. it wasn't baptism? <laughs> it wasn't Pentecostalism. It wasn't whatever Catholicism. It was just the non denominational Christian uh, ideals. The yeah. the community that was fostered over the years. Th- became very tribal in its uh in its living so everybody almost everybody had vegetable gardens in their yards plus there was a um a community garden that people who had the land to facilitate such a size people you know would would everybody's hands were in it to you know if you had time go in there and weed the garden go out there and pick the peas go in there and yeah you know uh shuck some corn or whatever so there was a lot of that going on that i grew up in and learned a lot about in my in my early youth so we you know had to slaughter our own cattle we had to cut down our own hay cut our own wood for fuel like there was a lot of that farmsteading or homesteading lifestyle yeah that uh we see so so vibrantly uh, advocated in in heathen communities that i was raised in and grew up around so maybe not so much recently just because of where i live there's kind of limited space um mm. but uh we we have an, a small of enough yard or garden if we want to call it that i think you guys in the in europe you call it like your your lawns your garden you call them gardens right or is that just a, yeah a, a, yeah so yeah, like I our yard yeah. Our yard is not, it's not like, it's not um, cultivated to, to grow anything, at least Mm -hmm. not this year, but it has been in the past. We had a small, like I had peppers and tomatoes, so I've done it in the past, just not very recent. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that's, well, with the collapse of the, the system and with how much of our food really, you know, isn't food or lab grown, lab made, um, it's uh, you know it's become really really important i mean i'm i'm lucky enough to you know live live in the city and have a uh, have a small small garden small backyard but um i'm like everybody is telling me including <laughs> including my dad's telling me like if you want a vegetable garden do one just make one you right. know it's you have take a space. whole lot yeah no, but it's, I don't know, living in the city, living in a, a rental apartment, I'm still kind of figuring out, like, would it, would it really be, be worth it? And I know people, too, who have, like, similar uh, living situations where either they rent um, a space or they have little to no soil that outside that they could grow in. People, um, I know plenty of people who do, like, small pots of, of things, like a tomato pot or peas, uh, or, or green beans, or, or, or peppers, or things, you know, so they, they, uh, they adopt, or adapt, I should say, to the conditions where they live, and they make it work 
you know, herbs are another great thing because they don't take up a whole yeah. lot of space. So you can do like small pots or, or boxes for. for oh, I things. can, I can, I can do pots. Yeah. You know. Oh, the, oh, those that kind of okay. Yeah. Hi everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Well, um, Josh, uh, welcome. What I was going on about more is in, in, in America, they've taken a lot of our rights to self-sustain away without actually touching the pagan faith itself. They beat all of our self-sustaining rights out and made it almost virtually impossible to create self-sustaining communities. They've devoured our funerary rights. I mean, we can't have sacred groves. We can't have pyres in a sacred grove. We can't have uh, water burials. We can't have pyres at water. We can't do any of our normal burial rites. Um, as far as homesteading, they've stopped us from collecting electric in most states in any fashion. You can't, you can't live completely off-grid in most U.S. states right now. I think it's like 29. And uh, you, you have to be tied in some way to the power grid. Right. And in order in doing that, you're basically selling them your electric and being charged by them to have a meter hooked up to your house instead of having a battery wall and storing your power that you make either with wind or solar or hydroelectric. If you have a stream in your yard or whatever the case may be, they've just banned that they've banned uh, collecting rainwater for various reasons. And for some reasons, I can understand it. But if it's done for watering agriculture and farm animals, then what does that matter? And you know what I mean? And like right. there's, there's there's a lot of things that they've just beaten away that have destroyed the ability to even create a new tribal culture. Yet the Native Americans were given express right to do exactly that. Yeah, I'm not contesting any of that, um, Josh. And uh, there's there's plenty of people I know who do what they can to the degree that they're able to. And that's uh, the hard part, man, is knowing what's legal between the state, the federal, and then your local guidelines, what yeah. you're allowed to do. It's almost impossible. Yeah, it's very challenging. And that's, you know, I can grow a garden in my yard. I can have vegetables. The, the community where I live is small enough where if I wanted to collect rainwater, I guess I could. Nobody would report it or whatever. But knowing the ridiculous guidelines that are in place preventing such things it's you got to weigh it out and go well you know well let's, two years ago we, were told we couldn't have roosters in the neighborhood now i get that okay we live in a neighborhood so no roosters yeah no big deal then they roosters come in a year later anyway. <laughs> yeah then they, they come in later and then say no chickens either and it's like come on man really i got six chickens in a hen house out back making eggs they ain't hurt nobody and they make no noise that's yeah. it's just ridiculous well, just come over to the Netherlands. We, you know, we don't have laws like that. And there is, you know. The... Well, soon enough, we're going to not be living in the neighborhood. We'll be out west again of, you know, what we call out west of 95. And that's kind of where you can just do whatever you want, you know, out your back door and nobody really cares. It's yeah. the living in the neighborhood that we're kind of constrained in right now. It didn't used to be that way. It was cities, like this neighborhood, every other lot was woods. Cities and suburbs have become so overpopulated. Mm -hmm. um, 
like even in the area where I live, um, I've lived in this particular area of my state for six, seven, eight years or so now. And um, it's blown up and grown exponentially to the point where it's just it's it's too. A lot of people that have been here their whole lives hate it now. And yeah, that's sad. That, well, that's sad. That's people the, who have set up their homes and their lives that, and their futures here are hating what it's become. That says a lot. There are neighbors that bought lots and we there was one next door to us not seven months ago about a year ago they started clearing it and building on it now we tried to buy this lot right and it was just the one next door to my family's house and they were like oh it's too narrow to build on you can't so for they said lakewood park is full of these lots so it will remain lakes and woods that's why it's lakewood park people will always have like a little bit of privacy on each block one side will be covered with woods or a lake that's kind of cool i i respected that right then all of a sudden they start clearing it to build a house now up the street. Give me a second. The chickens aren't a problem. The dogs aren't a problem, but the chickens are. Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> Barking at the neighbors. I was just saying, Josh, uh, the, the, the the chickens aren't a problem, or the dogs aren't a problem, but the chickens are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the ridiculous part. <laughs> you know, the, the hens that make no noise. But it, it's it's just really messed up because like now people they bought homes and have lived in a neighborhood for 20 years with the guarantee that there would always be a piece of wood store. store. Now all of a sudden an HOA takes over. Oh, to hell with the HOA, man. I mean, I would never, HOAs are the, it's like Bobby Boucher, day, day the devil. You ain't kidding. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, you got Baba Yaga living next door. But anyways, it's, um, it, it's just absurd. It really is, you know, and they've literally stripped all of our rights away without saying, Hey, we're taking your rights away because yeah, they're religious it. rights, but they can make it illegal to do everything like mushrooms. I'm sorry. That's been in our culture for five. I may not do it personally myself all the time. Right. But I'm not going to say I don't or that I never will because there are times where I need guidance and that's where I go. Mm -hmm. It's been in our faith for 5,000 years. Why can't I do it? You know, and that's that's the part that that really gets to me. Not the the so much that I want to do all of these things that we should have rights to. It's that we should have rights to and don't. Isn't just like isn't it a matter of just taking it into your own hands? Like it, the whatever the government has taken from you, they're not gonna gonna give it back. You know, not unless you you make a huge stink. You. Office. basically and, you, you have to wind up in a courtroom if you want to challenge it and that's the terrible part too because who can afford gonna, that you're gonna you're gonna like to that point yeah you're, you're gonna have that and then you're also to any to any extent home ownership land ownership here in the united states you are you are this generation of of, of people growing up in this generation now are virtually inept to be able to own their own land because it's so expensive number one the taxes are outrageous you know so it's almost like they're they, they they've set it up to where only the elite can afford it and the people that want to for private reasons for personal reasons for wholesome holistic reasons are incapable of doing so because it, it would it would destroy them financially and and they just don't have the means to be able to, to do it so on top of the legality proceedings that would ensue from having to fight it in court there's just there's just the the monetary challenge that that not many people can get ahead of yep and especially let's say somebody is trying to self-sustain 
that's probably also a good indication that they don't have a lot of money to challenge you in court, you know, yeah, that any, to... any finances they have will probably be tied up into the little bit of self-sustaining that they're doing on their property. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's been made an impossible battle. Now there are states, don't get me wrong. There are states over here that you can still do it, right? Um, Virginia, Tennessee, there are some states up in the, the Appalachians that they have cheap enough land that it's quite possible. If somebody wanted to do that in, let's say, Florida or California, though, you could never buy enough land to actually pull it off. You'd never be able to afford it unless you're a billionaire, you know? Like, you could still go to Virginia and find land for two, $3,000 an acre. You can go to Tennessee, find land for four, or $5,000 an acre. In Florida, $110,000 an acre. And that's just for the land. And it's not even good land. Yeah. Uh, Mm, no, we got some really fertile land here, dude. I, that's the, I can't North, say that. North Alabama or like North Florida? Uh, no, I live in Central Florida. I live in Central Florida. It's 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 not a um. It's fucking hot, dude. Oh, I know. Like something <laughs> with Germanic blood, man. It hurts. Nine months out of the year, I'm I'm pinned inside under the AC. I'm in Tennessee myself, so I mean, I know. What we, See, that's know gorgeous, that dude. I Southern I heat, love though. the Cumberland Gap area. Yeah, I'm in Middle Tennessee, so that's that's right around my neck of the woods. Yeah, man. I, I, our goal is to to buy a chunk of land up in that area, probably around uh, somewhere around the Cumberland Plateau to the Cumberland Gap, between Kentucky, Virginia, Tennessee, and that tri-state meeting point. If you go north and east of where I am, there's there's plenty of it up there, and it's nicer than because I'm less. I'm just east, southeast of Nashville. I, so, I envy you. I envy you. That's, that's <laughs> a gorgeous area, bro. And and the thing is about up there, like you're when you're up in the mountains, as long as you're not harming another person, your neighbors don't care what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. if you if, if you're kind and courteous to them and you ain't hurting them or nobody else, they don't care. And you've you got know? an ally, really, you know, because they, they it. appreciate it. They know it and they it aligns with their customs and their traditions out there. So that's they're, that's they're right the, up here, right there with that's you. The, I love that area because of that in Florida. If you break down, there's a perfect example right here. Break down in Florida with a flat tire and a kid standing on the side of the road, right? Nobody will stop to help, but everybody will drive by going, aw, somebody will stop to help them. And they just keep on driving. Aw, somebody Take will stop to help Take a picture and post it on social right? media. Sending prayers. No joke, right? <laughs> That's just about it, right? Now, you cross the Florida line into South Georgia and break down. Every effing car that drives by, do you need a ride? Do you need to use my phone? Can I help you change the tire? It's a completely different world, dude. Like, I, yeah. we got all of the uh, the snowbirds, and it passes along, man. Like, yep. the migrants bring their attitude with them from New England. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a I'm a transplant myself, dude. I'm from uh, I'm from New York originally, but I've lived in Tennessee now for almost 20 years. Now, did you live in the city area or did you live upstate? Because upstate's gorgeous. I've been up in the Adirondacks and the Catskills. Gorgeous yeah. area. Yeah, I'm. Uh, so I'm originally from Long Island, and my family I'm moved. So sorry, bro. Yeah, well, my family moved us off the island when I was about 12 or 13 to uh, oh. the lower foothills of the Catskills, so the Hudson Valley. Gorgeous. Which is built up crazy like that too, but it is. It's. It's. Uh. There's. You know. You don't have to go very far to really be disconnected from what the city influences bring. Yes. But uh, it's there. But uh, New York State is a beautiful state. It's there's more country to it than what people even know about that that aren't from oh, yeah. there or that have never been there. 
everybody hears oh, New yeah. York and they're like, oh, the city. I'm like, it's like a pinhead uh, yeah. size in comparison get up, to the whole. Get up outside area. of Rome and Ithaca and up up by like the Finger Lakes, by, by uh, Lake Casayuna. And oh my God, dude, it's a whole nother world. It's gorgeous. You don't even, you couldn't even tell that New York City existed from there. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's where, um, Stein, I don't know if you ever, like, the Woodstock uh, in 1969, the Woodstock Festival, Bethel, New York. I, uh, I've heard yeah. from it. So it was, like, the very first, like, open-air festival that the United States ever had. It really was, like, the pioneer foundation of all future open-air festivals. And um, Woodstock. Planned on being, like, a 30,000-person concert. 450,000 people later, right? And uh, no major injuries, but it was in Bethel, which is where it was, where, which is where it was held, um, where my parents live and where they moved us to, um, where my mom lives now. It's like a 20, 30 minute drive to Bethel. So we were like, right. All of those like pictures, if you look online about cars parked on a highway and people had to walk to get to Woodstock, Dude. those highways, I've, I've been there, man. Like, it's highways. there. Yeah. Miles cars backed up. People walking into the concert from 20, 30 miles away, dude. Yeah. It, it wow. got, no tickets. They just it, showed up. Like, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> it shut down the traffic <laughs> in most of New England. Yeah. Because the turnpikes and the freeways were just done. True story. Yeah. Imagine doing that now. Nobody, and, and that was the thing. It was peaceful. Everybody had fun. Now, there were yep. people that got dehydrated and whatnot, and it was a three day festival. So some people got, uh, malnourished and dehydrated over the event but that's you know no major violence no no major injuries you know considering the size that it that it was and yeah minimal injuries there were it was it was a it was a real eye-opener it was an estimated half a million people yeah but they know in and out there was more right that's that's crazy and it was for the love of music it was for the love of just bringing people together and it's like it that's, that's, that's 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 a vision it was an accident. There that i can the whole thing yeah, was, an was. Accident. <laughs> yeah it they meant, had no idea <laughs> it meant to be a really small field concert yeah. with a couple good headliner bands and then all of a sudden it just got carried away yep wow that's amazing it's an amazing I, story a part of history see what yes, can happen if you just do some do things out of love, out of love for music, out of love for each other. It's that's amazing. That's so you're you're somewhere at the south end of the Cumberland Plateau. Is there a lot of archaeology going on around there right now? Um, if there is, I'm not intimately involved with it, but I know there are a lot of um, there are a lot of uh, like nature hikes and trails um, that that people venture out into, and and a lot of folks will document their um findings uh you know what i mean so not like like earth digging stuff but like caves and and, and ruins of, of cabins and, and other things like that that people discover it's um that that area is so history rich it is it really is and i'm where i live in the state um i am i am just within walking distance of a civil war battleground so the stones river i live right on the stones river right on uh, if you google or research you know stones river uh during the civil war so much of um history american history that uh that that, that shaped this nation happened literally in my backyard you know where the uh daniel boone state park is yeah just north in uh the cumberland gap there they had that old historic forge up there where they were literally smelting iron for the civil war and for 
there's like so much different shit happened in that one little corner that nobody knew about because it was in an isolated valley. They were able to sit there and manufacture so much stuff, and when you, they, nobody knew where it was coming from. When when you're when you're tucked into these hollers that are all across that area of the state, you know, in between mountains, you get lost, man. Nobody knows what's going oh, yeah. down in some of these hollers. You know, um, I have a a section of the Trail of Tears that runs right through like a couple of miles down our road at historical markers. It's um it's 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 rich with history and and you know you think back on what 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 was happening 200 years ago which is relatively recent you know yeah. history and uh like damn i'm here now and what was going on back then and just putting it into Could perspective it's imagine being in the faith that we're in right now and living 200 years ago you, in this you, area <laughs> yeah, just in yeah. general yeah. It just in general in America, anywhere in the colonies or anywhere in the, the developed US I, I 200 years that, ago. I think that um, that I think that people who believe the way like Germanic heathenry, if the, those people who existed here that had the same skin color as us, I think that we at that time would have allied with the indigenous people and we would have worked together they did in florida there were viking families that living here that were pineapple farmers that allied with the indians in the area and fought on their side and it, the, uh, the, the area i live in there's an area called in, uh, viking indrio and it's a historic spot where some of the first Scandinavian settlers came here. It was a prominent family, and they created a lot of farmland that eventually Henry Flagler choked out of fertilizer and the means to keep farming and uh, collapsed the whole empire. Was it, uh, is it the Seminoles in your area, or, were, or who were they, the, the native people oh, in your area? There were two tribes, and one of them was a Seminole branch, but there was another tribe, and I cannot think of the name of them off the top of You've my head. You've got all kinds of stuff, like Okeechobee. Or, uh, I have Algonquin uh, ancestry, and uh, what a lot of people seem to forget is is how like, is it 300, 400 years before Columbus discovered right, or ran into the, the, the Americas, um, Scandinavians came over, and they – they came and they left because they were like, these guys have got it over here. Like, we're not trying to fuck with the, the, the indigenous people over here. Like, they came over, they, they, they saw, they like, all right, we're going back home now. <laughs> and, uh, in, in the very north corners of Canada, yeah. they did create a couple small pockets. And yeah. they lived right alongside the uh, Thule, I think it was at the time. You're right. And they they basically coexisted, and eventually over time they interbred a lot. Mm -hmm. And there were entire populations of um, I want to say they were Danish, if I'm not mistaken. Dutch. Dutch. Were they Dutch? Okay, they were Dutch, and they they did create some colonies, and it was almost a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. So that puts them right about the time of Leif Erikson and all of that stuff. But it was just small pockets it wasn't ever big settlements you know there was no mass migrations <laughs> they just kind of they just kind of uh i guess just uh stumbled across it and was like oh wow you guys are doing your thing here but yeah Can we uh, heard you for a little while they did they were like hey we kind of like that will you teach us a little more and that was it i mean yeah. mass migrations from the netherlands like we wouldn't have any people left here like <laughs> right <laughs> You had a, probably I mean, a few small, uh, prominent families that were like, "We're gonna go find something, guys. We'll be back whenever." And uh, I mean, could... 
The true right. founding of America was all by Dutch, dude. It was all by super wealthy Dutch people. I yeah, mean, you dude, can call right? America New York and New England and all these other things, but I'm sorry, it was New Amsterdam first, and every piece of those colonies were built up by um, very wealthy my, Dutch people. My hometown is actually where a lot of um, well pilgrims lived before they uh, before they went on the Mayflower. Like we have a whole pilgrim museum here dedicated really? to it. Yeah, like I never. You know, never really thought about it. I, you know, heard, but, uh, you know, I actually, until I started dating Firefay, um, I, you know, never really gave it a thought, but, uh, you know, started reading up on the, on the history a bit. And actually my hometown is the last place that, you know, these pilgrims up people are, the... who became the pilgrims where they lived before they, they went on the map the Mayflower yep. and a lot, a lot of them actually decided to stay here as well because you know they they had families and you know good they you know they had a decent job and a nice home and didn't really People see any think... reason to to flee plus religious freedom like we've always pretty much always no that's not true not always but uh, you know for uh, Catholics, Protestants, there was really no religious persecution. So people, people just have a common misconception that the Mayflower, though, Stein, was actually just all English immigrants. Like, that's what they teach in school, and I'm not joking. Like, if you look it up, the, the Mayflower was basically all English immigrants from Cornwall and Wales, and it's like, uh uh, like, that's, that's oh, just was, not how it was. It was a lot of Irish as well, and a lot of, a lot of Dutch. Farmers. Yes, there was. I mean, as you as you mentioned, you know, New York was New Amsterdam. New York was well founded by the Dutch. You know, the the the, yeah, the Vanderbilt. Ancestors. Yeah, the Vanderbilt family, for example, the Bilt is a town near Utrecht. Like, there are only just, one of the many. I mean, yeah. the whole well, basically, all the the thirteen families, if you will. Rockefeller, um, Rothschild. They all either tie back to the Netherlands or tie back to Germany. And I want to say that when it came to, like you mentioned earlier, Stein, like the religious, um, the religious uh, uh, influences or, or, or persecutions wasn't, weren't like, uh, I mean, we go back like way back, like I'm talking like old Saxon, uh, Saxony, like wasn't sure. Holland and, and the Netherlands and like, weren't they some of the, early ones that just adopted Christianity in favor of their pagan beliefs without much of a fight. Am I wrong with that? Or? The, the Jarls were bought and they yeah. basically forced conversions. It, but it were the, um, the Frisians. Uh, Frisians, that's the were, ones I'm thinking. Who were the, um, who were the people who, I mean, nowadays yep. Frisia is, is but one province all the way up north, uh, northwest. But um, in those times, the Frisians was, uh, were the people who basically lived along the, uh, the entire coastline of the Netherlands. Uh, they, they held on. They, they held on held strong i mean that's was... right because the saxon wars yeah that's right i'm, I'm yeah I, I believe it was bona bonifacius uh who <laughs> made the mistake went all the way up to Wittekind and or all the way back should i say to yeah. Wittekind. that that started a whole yeah. i was looking into that dude and like the other day when i was writing that article i, I started looking into when the pagan wars started when the when they started wiping the pagan people 
and it was right at about 350, right? And the first ones to get done by Rome were the Etruscans right north of them. And then it literally just shot like fire from there up north into Europe. Dude, it was crazy. Yeah. If you watch the expansion map, like broke down over time, Rome got big fast. The, 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 the Romans got pretty far, although they didn't like the Netherlands much because uh, back in those times, it was marshlands. Like we were all marshlands with some farms here and there on, on a hill. You know, the only thing that's literally high and dry. Uh, so, you know, you come here with your, you know, your slippers and no, no pants. Cause that was, that was barbaric. You don't, you don't wear pants. You just wear your, your tunic and, you know, coming from the, the nice Italian Mediterranean weather in this freaking cold, swampy marshlands, they were like, you know what? This fucking sucks. Yeah. Just, well, that, they got to stand outside big... in the mud and battle a city with high walls that's got archers all around it shooting down at them yeah. in the mud. Yeah, that, not a good that idea. Too. Plus, you the know, strategy like said, they were, we didn't really, when they came in, we didn't have towns, really. It was a couple of farms here and there. So uh, who are you going to conquer? The farmer over there or the farmer like 20K away over there? Mm -hmm. there's, there's no use you're spending so much energy and man and power and, and armor and whatever to see back then so of, little a couple of farmers on a, a turf in marshlands it's so they went up to the the river rhine and they were like you know what this is where we call it well you know we'll build a few towers here so that we have a lookout over the water so that if those those damn regions you know come come over the water then at least we spot them and we can handle them because i mean if if us dutchies if we do one thing well it's work with water i mean we're we're literally surrounded by it the the netherlands is called the netherlands because most of our country is below sea level if the dikes were to break we were to have a a repeat of um of 1953 then you know i'd be drowning here i i, I wouldn't be far enough land inwards to you know we've got i have to go past utrecht which is like an hour hour and a half drive from here only then i would actually be you know somewhat safe and not drowned we've got an abomination of engineering in florida that i dude i've been watching this the wall around lake okeechobee was built by the army corps of engineers there are trailer parks right on the other side of this earthen wall that's like 60 feet tall now when you go up to the top of the wall you're looking at water level of lake okeechobee mm -hmm. right and then you're looking down 60 feet below you, and there are trailer parks with 100 trailers. And then they line the entire highway going all the way up. And you're like, bro, one little fracture in that wall, and all of these people are submersible. Like that's, You should have hired the Dutch. <laughs> dude, that, we, the storms that we get sometimes, bro, and knowing how much water can fall out of the sky, how fast... And you see those areas, and oh my God, Stein, dude, it, they wind up underwater just with basic rainstorms. I mean, when we actually have real hurricanes roll through, it's devastating, but yeah, they will learn. Created the whole new province. Like we literally made, you know, we, we just dried up a, a piece of the ocean uh, or the, the sea, the Southern Sea, which 
well back then was the the southern sea now it's it's a lake because you know we built a dam and we dried we dried a whole piece up and like made a, a whole new province just because you guys perfected had... farming on marshland a long time ago we had to it was the only land available you know and that's i guess that's why we you know eat so many potatoes and and all of it and those those always yeah. grow well it doesn't matter you know cold weather warm weather potatoes Good. It makes sense why uh, where I'm from, it, you know, was 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 so welcomed by like when the Dutch came, they're like, this is like home now because it is. It's a lot of marshlands. It's I mean, and and the indigenous people from where I'm at, the Algonquin, New England, New York, like that whole northeast sector of the of the United States, is is so reminiscent of where they came from and and why they settled here. It was like just a home away from home. Yeah, I think yeah. you're in Chickasaw, Chickasaw and Choctaw territory right now. In uh, Tennessee, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the subsections or sub sub tribes of, of the Cherokee Nation. Uh, yeah, Choctaw is Chickasaw and Choctaw are, are prominent. I know a lot of people who have ancestry um, out in Appalachia, um, grandparents and stuff who are who were Choctaw. But yeah, if it's if it's really you know marshy, swampy over there, then it wouldn't surprise me that a lot of a lot of Dutch settled there because yeah. you know like you said it's it's terrain we know it's terrain we can work so no need for you know too too many major adjustments yeah you adapt just easily yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well it i mean we're humans is in general are very good you know at, at adapting we we find an environment and we learn how to live in it you know if we want a peaceful way of life there's always been sects of humanity that decide okay i don't like the city life anymore they break away they go off into the countryside somewhere and they live and you know it's usually those people that wind up carrying down our our faith if, just imagine if everybody lived in cities back then like they live in now i mean the 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 witch hunts would have been ridiculous <laughs> like it would have been nuts it's also like it's so funny when you think of it that uh when you know in let's say our grandparents age like if you you know if you wanted to move out you went to the city because you know that's where where the work is that's where the money is that's where you can raise a family because there is you know work and all of that and now everyone of you know our our generation is like i'm gonna out move here. out i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> move out of the city i'm gonna yeah. you know <laughs> Move Get back to the country. With American manufacturing standards changing, our cities are changing. Dude, Big even, here in the, even here in the Netherlands, even here in the Netherlands, people, you know, living in the uh, the Randstad, the, the economic triangle here are like, no, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to make my money. I'm going to save up and I'm going to move to, you know, some of the eastern provinces where I can get like either you know the same house for half the price or for the same price get twice the space yeah and, and you know there's the people there are a lot more friendly the air is cleaner because you know all the factories are here you can see stars at night yeah go figure you know actually see stars <laughs> instead of just i don't know city lights and whatever and that's light pollution yeah. Oh, it's it's, I think it's a thing. It's a thing here, and that's it's such a shame. You know, a, a lot of. I think that's I our biggest disconnect. 
to our yeah. ancestors from nature it's 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 light pollution uh electrical wave pollution dude like we're just getting inundated with waves from every direction i agree and i've uh i've been i've been on this stance for a very long time now i i try to share with with my platform as well is disconnect yourself from all of this technology that has become so and we've become so engrossed in take your shoes off walk barefoot in the ground reconnect yeah. with the earth because there are literally science backs this up that the, the negative and positive charges that are emitting from the earth we are receptors of that and we are we are her she is us and we are her and, and it's not that we're on this earth we are this earth and yeah. nobody but wants to nobody takes that time to take their shirts off get their bare skin in the sun put their bare skin on the ground and connect and it's so important it's so this necessary to right really here. be enriching and, and yeah we can change the structure of water by thinking at it all right bless your water before you drink it it's the simplest thing in the world to do just think positive thoughts towards your water fill it with positive energy and it's there's proof that this can be done do it. it it changes so much so fast dude like just the little things that people can do to reconnect i totally agree you know put on put on some very wide lowered like turn down the lights a bit and just <laughs> <laughs> become one with mother nature again dude you said oh, put on some mama. berry white. We're gonna make some stuff <laughs> out here in the world, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm talking a whole different mama. <laughs> That's a baby making era right there, dude. We're not trying to fuck, we're trying to procreate, baby. You know, but, but connecting to nature at its root, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll I'll root it down. Don't you worry. <laughs> I do. I make a, I make a point of going on barefoot walks in the yard and or along the, the, the river, along the greenway, in the river itself. I make a point of every day, even if it's just a few minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever I'm able to. Um, I, hell, I've gone on five mile long walks through the woods barefoot. Um, but it's too hot to wear shoes here. Just something, anything to. And I, I guarantee people who are listening or watching that, that capture this, if you don't, and aren't doing that if you're not putting your bare feet on the ground start doing it and i defy you to tell me that you won't feel better afterwards that your quality of life won't won't improve by by doing just that simple thing you know people make fun of the saying touch grass bro that is one of the most legitimate things i have ever seen touch grass do it connect yourself to something that's rooted into the earth it's a meme but it's true yes i i prefer oaks you know trees older trees just lean against one put your bare skin against the tree look up at the sky and just sit there for a minute i've laid down under so many trees oaks cedars just you know anything just but being a part of that network you were talking earlier about um josh you were talking earlier about mushrooms the mycelium network that speaks to literally every other living organism yeah. rocks mm -hmm. trees the air the, the the plants i mean you become a part of that network one when you touch the ground of course the mushrooms can can enhance the experience but just that simple gesture of of being present and being a part of that system changes everything for for at least it has for me like it, you you realize that you're not just here no you're not wrong at all you're, you are it's right. like it, it's you it's 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 them it's us it's all of us we're, we're all interconnected we're all part of that network 
And some people have just by design or by choice or, or inadvertently, they, they've removed themselves from that, that network. We'll get back in it and tap back into that system and, and see how things, I'm not saying it's going to be like life-changing per se, but it's going to really give you a perspective on just what you're a part of and what you are essentially grow, made up. Grow of. a single, start out with a single food plant, grow a single food, food plant from seed to feed and, and just feel that. You know what I mean? Just that one little connection helps, you know, anything just in that direction. We're just moving so far away from it that it's it's hurting our everything, dude, our spirituality, our immunity, everything. Ag agronomy is, is such a such a beneficial perspective to take. It's such a such a beneficial lifestyle to absorb to whatever degree you're able to. Some people yeah. may be able to do it more than others, but like you're saying, just that one simple thing, just grow an herb, grow a small edible plant, whatever, and, and see the connection that you develop and and nurture when you do those things. There's more to it than just ingesting the food as fuel, right? It's the experience, it's the connection, it's the whole ritual aspect of existing That's symbiotically. Exactly. The, the understanding that food doesn't just come from grocery stores. You know what I mean? That we are box. connected to nature because <laughs> we are we are literally consuming it and have no clue where it's coming from, dude. And I well, think that's been the biggest, the biggest perversion of humanity has been through our diet. I mean, God, they're killing us, dude. Like American food standards are fucked. Uh, pardon my French, Stein. I don't want to get us flagged. But no, it's, 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 no, it's it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's, bro. You yeah, it's, it's just I try to keep it down. But man, it's horrible, dude. Like the FDA has approved literal poisons. Like other countries have labeled many food products that we just put in food here on a willy nilly. Yeah, poison. I, I see some of those some of those videos or some of those articles every once in a while you know like whatever is is allowed in the in the u.s and like what products are not allowed anywhere else and it's you know like a whole 10-part list and they'll make like three of them and it's like oh you know it's legal in the u.s but you know they you can't sell it in europe because it contains traces of this and traces of that and is you know washed in this and baked in that and it's like do you guys want to hear something crazy? So why the hell are they my diet? <laughs> my diet threw me back into my faith. And that's going to sound so freaking crazy. But I know Stein knows part of the story. I got pancreatitis, right? So I have, I have basically now started eating only organic food. When I did that, I began to feel like I feel like I was feeling my pineal decalcify. I don't know how else to word it. You know what I mean? Like, I was, yeah. I, I felt more connected the more organically I ate. And it was weird, dude, because I'd like, I began journaling my food and I'd never paid attention to what I ate. And that's probably my biggest problem and why I suffered from pancreatitis, dude. I was ingesting the American hogwash, you know, and it, it fucking almost killed me. Um, and changing my diet. I had fallen away from spirituality almost totally. And in changing my diet, it came back to me in such a fast wave that I felt it. It was weird. Makes I recognized sense. it exactly for what it was too. But it will it will actually do that. There have been there have been studies that like eating clean, eating organic, eating as nature intended it to food but... that's born in a natural biome and not by fertilizer in silica dirt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that it's not just 
healthy for you. It keeps your brain healthy. It keeps you connected to to the outside world. And like, why do you like? Why do you think that all these like six hundred pound people or whatever who like go to Burger King for breakfast, dinner, and lunch, and, and I don't know, like consume. It's fatal, bro. 30, they, they've created. 30,000 a day, but all empty calories, they are literally, and I, I don't mean to, well, I don't mean to be mean, but they're literally dumb. They're literally stupid. They ate themselves stupid because there is no nourishment to be had. Another thing, I find this is underrated. I carry a piece of white quartz in my pocket. My wife bought it for me. It's just a little calming stone. It's smooth. I hold it in my hand, but I carry it with me. And it, it has a certain energy, like it, it grounds me you know what i mean when i'm pissed off i'll grab it and it just reconnects oh, me it reconnects me yes and like i think just little pieces of nature like this are so underrated by people anymore oh yeah yeah i've got a piece of cherry that um a friend of mine made out of a tree from his yard that is i mean it's it's literally the uh a, a, a cherry tree from his yard i've been to his house i know the tree that he got this from you know uh, organic that is awesome is 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 definitely uh something that i feel is when we when we touch it when we put our skin to those organic mat the materials we are reconnecting with who we truly are and it it's holistic it, it heals not just our body but our 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 inner selves our whole selves our mental health improves our physical health improves all the things that you're talking about eating as nature intended has a compound effect on us as a sentient being we're, mm -hmm, we're, yeah. we're, we're able to solve problems better we're able to physically perform tasks better we're able to love and interact with our friends families and tribes better all of these things benefit from just doing the thing that we were supposed to be doing all along that has become almost like we have to think about it now to to achieve yes. it. it because it's been so ingrained in us by the industrial revolution of food that we are now basically eating hollow food all the time. The industrial you revolution. Feel, you feel full, but you don't feel fulfilled. Yes. You know, speak, speaking of the industrial revolution, real quick, uh, rest in peace, Ted Kaczynski. Uh, the first MK Ultra man. Well, well, one of the first. Yeah, M MK Ultra, Spook, whatever. He, uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I just saw that he uh, he passed today. Another great man who uh, has joined himself with the gods, even though like opinions are vastly different and divided. But once his mind broke and he started sending bombs in the mail, that I think that that we can discount what happened after that. But like mm -hmm. the things that he um, he studied and wrote were fascinating. I mean, when when all that crap came out afterwards, I got to admit it was interesting. I can't say I adhere to any of it myself, but he did have a very unique way of looking at things from a <laughs> natural perspective. To say the least, to say the least, yeah, for sure. But uh, fellas, we have been going on for way longer than I than I thought we would. It's uh, it's two and a half hours, closing in on two and a half hours. So I think we uh, we should wrap it up here. It's. Uh, well, at ten thirty in the meantime, for uh, for me, I still gotta have dinner. I guess I just guess I'll just order something. Uh, so I'm ten yeah, minutes this, is, this has been uh, ten minutes late for what? 
Oh, it's 420 here. 430, actually. Oh, dude. Let us park it. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's never I lazy. have a license. Light it up, son. Light it up. Oh yeah, just hey, it's all natural, right? Absolutely. But thank so, you for having me. Thank you for. I just want to say, Stein. Uh, you know, appreciate the the shout out. Thank you for inviting me, uh, particularly on the podcast. It's been a it's been a blast. And thank you for the yeah. extended time. You know. Um, yeah, no, time definitely. I uh, I I didn't imagine we would go on for uh, for this long. But you know, first Firefay, and then Josh had some uh, some things to say, and then you know the. The flow keeps going and the ball keeps rolling. So, um, come yeah, to the tribe, man. Come to the tribe main chat. Drop your thoughts. See what we're saying. It's always fun I mean, to have an extra perspective. Everything can, of course, be found uh, through our website www.coryhornpagans.com. Um, Jesse, plug your plug your stuff. Plug your uh, your channel. Uh, anything that you're currently working on that's uh, that the people need to know sure yep so uh midgard musings is the youtube channel you can find me uh midgard musings on facebook on twitter and on instagram uh if you're into podcasts more auditory podcasts then uh, you can find me anywhere podcasts are streamed under the name random heathen ramblings i'm on spotify apple google pandora etc etc everywhere and yeah i upload new uh, episodes every Thursday, which is going to, they, they air 9 a.m. Eastern time every Thursday mornings. Um, so yeah, please give me a follow, give me a like, subscribe, show your support all that way. So yeah, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Uh, all the, uh, the links are of course in the description below. Uh, I make sure to, uh, to do that for all my guests. Uh, you can find Firefay, Josh, and myself, uh, we've had three tribal members on uh, three of the tribal elders um, in the tribe of the Grey Arm Pagans. Uh, we are most active on Telegram, of course, um, but you can, uh, like I said, you can find everywhere we are, all that we do, you can find it through our website, www.greyhornpagans.com. That's the spot. Um, it has been a blast. It has been an absolute joy for all who were watching, for all who are listening. Uh, give us a like, give us a share, subscribe, comment uh, on the audio platforms. You know, give us that, that five-star rating that every other good podcaster is begging about because, you know, algorithms and such, uh, it is set to help. So why not? Little effort. Uh, thank you all. Thank you to Jesse. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Firefay. Um, and until next time, see ya.